Maximize Business Value podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their business on their terms. Our mission was born from the lessons we've learned from over 100 business transactions, which fuels our desire to share our experiences and wisdom so you can succeed. Now, here's your host, CEO of Mastery Partners, Tom Bronson. Hi, this is Tom Bronson, and welcome to Maximize Business Value, a podcast for business owners who are passionate about building long-term sustainable value in their businesses. I am super excited today to welcome Susan Bryant back to the podcast. She's the principal at MB Group, a certified public accounting firm. This is Susan's unprecedented third visit to the hot seat. I'm excited about that. Wow. Because, <laughs> because once again, it's time to talk about year-end business and tax planning. And Susan is my go-to person for that. So Susan's a different type of CPA. Unlike many CPAs who visit their clients once a year at tax time, Susan makes it a practice to really get involved with her clients. In last week's podcast episode, we talked a little bit about the difference between accounting and finance with uh, Craig Beck. Accounting, of course, if you recall, is uh, looking backward. It's sort of a history book of the numbers, so to speak. And finance is looking forward and planning for the future. Susan and her firm, MB Group, fill both the accounting and finance roles with their clients. She takes a sort of pseudo-CFO role in the businesses that she works with, and I can tell you, because I know many of her clients, they count on her as a trusted advisor. So as I mentioned earlier, today we're going to talk about year-end tax and business planning as it relates to building long-term sustainable value in your business. So welcome back to Maximize Business Value, Susan. Well, thank you so much, Tom, for having me on again. It's such a privilege to be here with you, and it's always great to talk about taxes. I know. It is, it's such a fun topic, right? <laughs> Especially now. Uh, but but three times, three times on my podcast, I have to tell you, that is that is astounding to me because, you know, I normally, you know, don't ask for people to come back for repeat visits. Ooh, and here I've oh, had right. Wow. I'm very special. This is almost like hosting SNL or something for like. That's right. Exactly. That's right. You're JT hosting SNL, right? So awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the MB Group. Fantastic. Yes. The MB Group, we are a CPA firm. We're based out of Plano. Um, Our mission is to really transform uh, organizations. Uh, We do that by really getting into their accounting structures, their routine functions, and really changing things for the better so that ultimately this transformation ends up check, uh, changing the financial trajectory of the company and for the, the, the lives of the owners. That's our goal. Um, so that sounds pretty lofty, but it is really important for us to stay focused on, on that. I mean, ultimately, these business owners, this is the biggest asset that they own. This is their retirement. And so and we feel a great responsibility to help them build it. Um, and to work with folks like you to really make sure that they stay on track in all facets of their business. So we really want to we want to change things for the better. That's you. You're absolutely right. I mean, for most business owners, their business makes up ninety percent 
of their net worth. Uh, and so maximizing uh, how they make money and uh, the value of their business is something near and dear to my heart. And I've always loved that about the way you operate with your clients. I've seen you in action uh, with your clients. And I just think that's wonderful. I'm, I'm really thrilled about what the MB Group is doing. So let's jump in the deep end. Now, uh, full disclosure, the podcast is being recorded at the end of October, 2021. So we don't yet know what the tax laws are going to be, but there's a lot of wrangling going on in Washington right now about new tax laws. Hmm. And we don't know the outcome yet. Is there anything a business owner should be thinking about doing right now to protect his or her wealth and estate? Well, it's a really great question. Um, I know there have been, I mean, estate planning attorneys are extremely this right now based on what is anticipated, but, but you're right. We don't know. And it really kind of boils down to sort of what the effective date of some of these changes are going to be. There have been a lot of discussions about, oh, we're going to change the capital gains rate. And you know, the latest rumblings have been, it was September 13th was the date. Any transaction before that is the old treatment, September 13th, 2021, the new treatment. And then other components of this tax law has been, it'll be effective 2022. My personal opinion is, is that I think, you know, this will be an extremely political um, uh, and, and probably polarizing tax law. So if there were any changes that were implemented that are effective in 2021, they would be felt by the constituents of these politicians in, in 2022, which would jeopardize potentially their reelection. So I think if I was going to make a little bit, get my crystal ball out, make some predictions, I really think that the bulk of any significant changes will be effective 2022. Um, so they won't feel that the constituents, the taxpayers won't see those changes really affect their pocketbook till 2023. And oh, thereby bypassing, you know, the effect on the re-elections. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that theory as well. And, and, um, um, but does that, does that mean that business owners should just stop their planning and wait until they see what happens? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, I think one of the things is, is that we just have to be aware of the potential changes that might be coming down the pike. So, you know, there have been discussions about obviously larger tax brackets, you know, so in terms of like this most highest tax bracket being 39.6%, um, S corp pass through entities being subject to additional taxation, so, you know, the Medicare surcharge tax, so that's like another 3.8% that would be, you know, regardless of whether you're active or passive in a business, you're going to be subject to that. So um, the limitations on the QBI deduction, there's that potential like graduated tax rate on C corporations. I mean, there are a bunch of things. So if I was a, if I was a business owner and I had a significant amount of net income, I would definitely be reserving some extra cash for the potential impact that those tax law changes would have on my liability. I think from a planning perspective right now, we plan for what we know, but we reserve for what we don't know. Wow. I mean, how do you keep up with this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Well, you know, in the last 18 months, I mean, we've had a significant amount of legislation, the CARES Act, uh, you know, on top of, you know, the legislation from last uh, December, you know, PPP loans, PPP loan forgiveness, EIDL loans, I mean, you name it, the employee retention credit, like this is a tremendous amount of things. And and what's interesting is right now is just, we spend a lot of time not only talking about tax planning, but 
Are we taking advantage of every single possible other tax program that might be available under these special pandemic, you know, legislative items? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, I know you and Janet both uh, take a lot of time to go out and and get, uh, you know, continuing education about various things that are coming. But it's just it's so tough to speculate on what's coming down the pipe. I, but I it think is. As a, it's it's probably the most top of mind consciousness conversation I have with business owners today. Yeah, uh, I mean, everybody's really petrified. I mean, the change in the capital gains rates. I mean, that's scary. It's yeah. scary stuff. I mean, huge. I mean, even even in the top income tax brackets for an S corp. I mean, you're talking about potentially like forty six point four percent ordinary income tax rates on some of these extremely profitable business businesses. You know, and their owners. I mean, this is it. Really, is going to call into question a lot of things like entity planning and structuring. How do we organize things so that we can best be in the most advantageous position to reduce taxes? Yeah. And, and so for our listeners, if you're not having these conversations, this, these types of conversations with your, uh, you know, CPA, your tax planner, you need to be having these conversations right now. I do hear commonly, currently business owners tell me, I have to sell my business before year end. Well, it's too late. If it's not for sale already, right? If it wasn't for sale a year ago, you probably aren't going to get a transaction right now. So, so um, you know, the best the best thing is to just get the advice of smart people like Susan uh, and and just be ready for what's coming because and we don't know. I mean, uh, do your best to plan, and we don't know. All right, yeah. enough on current tax changes. Let's let's keep walking down sort of the tax planning path for a bit. Okay. What what advice would you give your clients as we move toward year end to minimize uh, taxes? Ooh, that's a big question right there. So I think there's a lot of things to look at. So it's not just one thing. You know, there are a variety of items that we really have to sort of examine. The starting point for the basis of any type of planning is, is do we have solid accounting records that enable us to have good information, reliable, accurate data in order to be able to accurately predict how we think we're going to end up for the year? For an accrual basis business, a little bit easier. For a cash-based business, a little bit more difficult, right? So projecting cash is hard, but there are ways and there's tools to enable us to do that. So that's sort of the starting point. Beyond that, that's when we start exploring and we have what we refer to as our tax planning checklist, which is about 50 items that we go through for every single client and talk about how this strategy could relate to the business owner and in their particular situation, whether that accomplishes their personal financial goal or it reduces taxes. I mean, there's just a bunch of things that have to be considered. So this could be anything from pursuing R&D tax credit, employee retention credit, you know, accelerating expenses, deferring income, entity reorganization, um, paying your kids, uh, retirement planning. I mean, um, you know, there's something called IC disc. If you're selling stuff offshore, there's um, captive insurance policies. There, uh, I mean, literally a multitude of items that we begin to consider. The one thing that I tell a lot of my business owners is, is that Tax planning requires cash. So consumption of cash and how much of your income you're actually consuming and spending personally will dictate what type of tax planning opportunities are available to you. 
Okay. Yeah. So, well, that's it. I mean, if you, <laughs> if you don't have cash, uh, it could be difficult to, uh, to perhaps, um, you know, advance pay certain expenses and things like that. Um, so, so cash is king in any small business. Right. Um, oh. I, I, and I'm really astounded by the number of small businesses that, that are hit with a cash crunch, but didn't see it coming. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we advise our clients always to do, you know, cash planning and cash forecasting. You know, we have a cash flow mechanism that we use with our clients to kind of predict where the cash is going to be so that we can see a problem coming months down the road, as opposed to suddenly having that, uh, you know, a, a cash emergency, if you will. Yeah. Uh, there, there shouldn't ever really be, unless there's some unusual event, there really shouldn't be any cash emergencies. Business owners should see this stuff coming. And I mean, that's why it's so great to work with Tom, you in particular, you know, and really have mastery partners, you know, as one of those key people around the table working with a client, because it's not, it's so many different perspectives and um, professional, you know, opinions and bringing tools and knowledge and expertise that really, I mean, drive the benefit for the client. I mean, huge amount of benefit for these clients. Look at that. I get a commercial on myself right in the middle of my <laughs> podcast. That's awesome. So, so now you, you mentioned you have meetings, you're scheduling uh, meetings, tax meetings with your clients at this time of year. You've already kind of run down the things that you talk about, but do, do you do this with all of your clients or do you make it available to all of your clients? Yes. Um, all of our business owners, we send an email and we let them know that we are currently scheduling tax planning meetings. And so we hold tax planning meetings between November, the beginning of November and like mid-December. And that's usually, it's like usually about a seven week period that we just, that's all we're doing is tax planning meetings. And this is really sort of our final opportunity to influence the outcome for the year, right? To change and alter what we that tax burden will be through these, these strategies. Um, the sooner, the better, usually for our more complex clients who are higher income earners, the sooner we can get started, the better, because we sometimes need a runway to implement some of the strategies. I mean, some things just take a while to get moving and, you know, and, and the more the larger your tax burden, the more money you make, the more complexity you're likely facing. So it takes a little bit of time to try to understand how does this work? You know, what are my additional filing obligations going to be? You know, how do I fund it? Just all the different other types of things that sort of go are necessitated in the process of you know executing a strategy. So it's kind of like, you know, exit planning. You know, you you can't you wake up one morning and decide it's time to sell your business and and be successful at doing that. You have to plan in advance uh, for that kind of thing. So same kind of thing for tax planning at year end. It's not the kind of thing you tackle the week after Christmas. <laughs> oh, no, 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 definitely not. No, no. As a matter of fact, you're going to be hard pressed to find anybody uh, working during that week. That's probably not going to be um, good. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to start sooner rather than later. And we're, probably, we're probably the only thing, yeah, probably the only thing you can do at that point is make a do- an online donation to the Red Cross or your you know favorite charity of some kind. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that is not called tax planning. That is no. it's reactionary. We want you to not be reactionary in your tax planning. That's right. So. Be proactive. Um, you know, we just acquired a client, actually two clients, um, and their CPA was updating their books once a year. Okay. And this was so far 
past the a year, year end that there was no planning that was even possible. So we're in the process right now of like, we got to get the books caught up. Like how much money have we made? I mean, right now there's like no visibility into how much income I, am I even expecting? So you can't do any type of planning. So, you know, the, the, there just has to be reliable, accurate information on a routine basis in order to really make this planning as effective as it can be. Yeah. Well, and you, you said a mouthful, a lot of business owners uh, don't really look at their uh, financial statements on a regular basis. Again, it's one of our practices with our clients. I want them to have their financial statements no later than the 15th. And for most small businesses, they ought to get it on by the, you know, the fifth or the eighth uh, every month and spend time to review it. Because if you review it while it's fresh, you can make corrections and things that are errors. You can you can plan for what's uh, gonna happen in the future. But so many business owners just don't look at their financial statements on a regular basis, or they just look at them when their uh, CPA prepares them at the end of the year. And that's just not a proactive stance. Uh, I don't think, in fact, I, I, uh, I didn't mention this to you earlier, but since you brought up an example of a client, I met with a prospective client a few weeks back who runs a, about a $75 million business. And when I said, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, how, how frequently do you review your financial statements? Oh, I, I really don't. I don't, I don't pay any attention to them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I hope you have somebody in finance who's doing that, right? I mean, you got to pay attention to the financial statements. And, and- I, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox in just a second because we had a client, a similar situation. We weren't doing the accounting, but it was um, a, a trusted, um, a, another firm who was doing part of it. They just do accounting work. They don't do any tax work and they needed a tax repair. $25 million company. They had um, a uh, an individual who was in charge of the finance um, and, and given the title CFO, no accounting experience, never been a controller, not a CPA, nothing, was in charge of billing and collections only. There was no general ledger, no bank reconciliations. The accountant, the tax time was sort of just like piecing together bank activity to formulate a tax return. And, this is, and then, of course, what do they want to do? Sell their company. And when, what's the first thing the investment banker asked for? Let me have your financials for the last three years, right? And they're like, we don't have anything. <laughs> yeah, by month, right? Exactly. By month, right, yeah. exactly. And there's nothing. And I mean, this is, a, I mean, you're right. These are significantly, these are, these are not just small companies. These are large companies. This accounting function is so important. I mean, it's just fundamental, I mean, I know we're supposed to be talking about tax planning, but I mean, it's like chicken and the egg here. You know, I mean, you can't plan if you don't have data, but I mean, make sure that you've got the right accounting knowledge there. You know, don't give somebody a title if they don't have the credentials. Make sure that you are really looking to make that the individual who's responsible for these books and records, they understand and they um, they have the professional skill set to actually take care of and be a good custodian of, of the basically what is your largest asset. I mean, they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to determine your financial future here. And it's, but that's not to mean that it's not okay to have a bookkeeper, right? Who is no. kind of the lower level, but, but my recommendation is that you get uh, a firm like MB group uh, behind you who can be that CFO person. Cause remember bookkeeper is now on the accounting side. They're the, record keeper of the history book and but they're not looking forward and planning for the future and so that's why you need 
a CFO level person or uh, a, a CPA firm that offers that type of level of service. Uh, and so, uh, so big, big fan of, of being able to do that. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm with you. I mean, you got, I mean, not every small business can afford to pay, you know, a CFO level person to do their bookkeeping. Of course not. You know what I mean? And I can guarantee you a CFO level person doesn't want to do bookkeeping. Right. So that's just how it goes. But yeah, no, I don't think there is any harm whatsoever in making sure you've got based on what needs to get done, the right person in that skill set. Absolutely. But it is really important to have someone coming back behind who has, who's looking through a different set of lenses, if you will, and really making sure that things are in order completely, you know, really doing that second look and is, is really considering things from a completely different perspective versus just the past, but really kind of looking, looking forward. And fresh eyes always gives you an opportunity to uncover something that's kind of in a blind spot. Uh, so, yes. so, so I love that for business owners. So when you, when you have these meetings and when you meet with your clients, how important is it to be involved with kind of other advisors that are advising business owners? Like, you know, uh, they're, they're potentially their wealth manager or their estate planner, their attorney. Is it important for you to interact with those types of people as well? Oh, Yes. Absolutely fundamental. Like those connections are not not just important, but like necessary. They they have to happen. Um, you know, there are transactions that occur in someone's brokerage accounts or potentially in their retirement accounts that would influence their tax liability. It's really important to um, you know. In some cases, you know, clients are sort of um, sometimes like, well, I didn't know I had to like make an introduction. We we tell clients you you have to tell us. So we need to have that direct communication with your financial advisor, period, because we've got to be knowing, getting information on a routine basis so we know what's what's happening um, right up until the last minute, really, of, of the year. And, and we're being proactive and doing tax planning the right way. They're doing things at our direction as well. We're saying, okay, this is what you've done. Okay, this is what they owe. Let's make sure we don't liquidate this type of stuff. Use this money instead. We're coordinating and collaborating. And for the best interest of the client. I love that. You know, a lot of times, I guess, uh, and I've been guilty of this myself in the past, you know, I wait until the year-end tax statements come from my brokerage firm and I go, what? Look at that gain that I had on some sale. And then I've realized, well, if I had looked at this in advance and perhaps with my CPA, we could have had some offsetting losses in order to, uh, you know, balance that out. Sure. But, yep. but when you look at it in February, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I know. That's right. There is pretty much a hard date, that 1231 date. I mean, same thing for like you mentioned before, charitable contributions or donor advised fund, you know, making those types of payments, prepaying expenses. I mean, all of these things. I mean, 1231 really is the date. I mean, you buy a new equipment, new car, whatever, you got to do it before the end of the year in order for it to help you on your current year taxes. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's a little bit of a mind, mind, you know, a paradigm shift for people. You know what I mean? Because they're thinking, well, I don't, I, I don't have to really worry about it until four fifteen when I have to pay my taxes, and that's just not the case. I mean, this you can only affect things right now. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just a, it's, it's just a little bit more inform, informing and providing that information. I mean, I think it's just people just haven't been taught, you know, they haven't been educated. And that's, I mean, that's the great thing about podcasts like this is that we can now convey this information and more people can get on the right track. 
I am so passionate about uh, educating business owners. You know that because uh, you've been on this uh, many times and all, not only this, but our, all of our other educational opportunities, the blog posts and our webinars and mastery class. And just, I mean, we, we put out a massive amount uh, of things. Uh, yeah. So, so get on these things early. There is no December 32nd. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. I'm stealing that. <laughs> there you, I, I have to give credit. I was having a conversation with another uh, business that or an owner that worked for a very acquisitive business. Uh, so they bought lots of companies and they said that their normal uh, strategy was to close on December 32nd uh, every year because you, know, the, you, you get where I'm going with that. So I stole that from somebody else. I'll have to remember who it was. So before we take a quick break, one last question about taxes. Are there any actions that you wouldn't recommend that a business owner do uh, who might be focused on tax reduction? Mm, yeah. Um, the, so things I wouldn't do, um, um, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't not schedule a meeting. I wouldn't be like, no, I don't want to pay $1,000 to not have my tax planning done. Like, do it. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid. Just know that that value is there. You're going to save the tax dollars. So I wouldn't shy away from paying fees deductible fees in order to get the value. So that's, that would be number one. You know, that comes up a lot, you know, well, that's, that's, that's going to cost me money. Yeah. But it's going to pay, it's going to, it's going to save you more money than it's going to cost you. So, I mean, well, just to that point, uh, I can't remember what the number was, but it was astronomical. When you had these meetings with your clients last year, what was the number of tax savings that you guys uh, came up with? It was astronomical. Yeah. It was $5.3 million last year. Huge. So, yeah, and I don't know how many clients you have, but on average, they're recovering their fee for doing this. So don't, right? don't you know, invest in those things that that can help you. That would that was going to be my advice too. If there's something that you shouldn't do, it's not have this meeting. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like right? Use the double negative. Right. So yes. uh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just really it's interesting to me. Um, you know, sometimes I feel like you know clients. Um, in a lot of cases, it's like, well, do I really want to spend money on like this retirement strategy? Really got to think about it. And I've been really contemplating like really how to best convey to them the value of some of these things. Like, for example, we have a client who um, we just did some tax planning yesterday. We're getting ready for the meeting. And we decided we want to add the spouse to the defined benefit plan. So we can contribute probably about $150,000 just this year. Now we have to make a commitment for several years. It kicks this money into a long-term bucket, retirement bucket, can't, don't have access to it anymore. So, I mean, there's some downsides, but for the most part, if you're a high-income earner, you've got access to a lot of cash, probably not that big of a deal. So we went and looked and we said, okay, if we put this $150,000 away for her, this taxpayer just happens to be in New York, we will save $50,000 in federal taxes, but we will also save $50,000 in New York state income taxes. So by paying $150,000, we save hundred. That's crazy. Now we're going to invest it pre-tax. And even if we guessed at the rate of return, I mean, like, and paid taxes later, probably at, you know, a lower income, we are still saving so much money. I mean, it's insane. The return on that type of strategy. Crazy. That's, that's what you say. What you're saying is that business owners shouldn't rely on social security. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know yeah. about that one. Yeah. That's a prob- 
probably not yeah. a good that's probably not a let's, good strategy let's not let's not walk down that path let's take a quick break we're talking with susan bryant principal at the accounting firm the mb group we're taking a quick break we'll be back in 30 seconds every business will eventually transition some internally to employees and managers and some externally to third-party buyers mastery partners equips business owners to maximize business value so they can transition their businesses on their terms using our four-step process. We start with a snapshot of where your business is today. Then we help you understand where you want to be and design a custom strategy to get you there. Next, we help you execute that strategy with the assistance of our amazing resource network. And ultimately, you'll be able to transition your business on your terms. What are you waiting for? More time? More revenue? If you want to maximize your business value, it takes time. Now is that time. Get started today by checking us out at www.masterypartners.com or email us at info at masterypartners.com to learn more. We're back with Susan Bryant and we're having more fun than any human should be allowed to, but we're talking about year-end planning. (laughs) So before the break, we focused on tax planning. So now let's switch gears and talk a little bit about business planning too and strategies there. Many business owners just don't take the time to think strategically and plan their upcoming year. What are some of the things uh, business owners should really take the time to think about before year end as it relates to future years? Okay, this is a great question. And probably the thing that I think most business owners need to work on, not even just at year end, but probably a couple of times a year. And that and we just got to get out of sort of the, you know, the whole, the fire drills at the office, the emergencies, the proposals that have to be sent out, right? All that stuff. We've got to just abandon that for just like a few, few hours, a few times a year. And what I think really should happen is, is there should be is an iterative process, right? But I think there's a few things that, that we have to address. First off, just doing a basic SWOT analysis, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. So let's talk about all that. We're based on the business right now, right? And then really our big initiatives, like what is it we really want to accomplish? You know, getting back to the whole why, why do we do this? You know what I mean? What is our big why? Um, I think more than ever, businesses really need to be focused on talent growing talent, growing leadership. How do we do this? Those, I think those are big things, you know, the culture, the culture of the organization, they got to stay focused on those things too, at the same time. I think from a financial perspective, they've got to talk about what is it we really want? Like, have we made enough money? Do we have enough money? Is the business worth enough? How do we make it worth enough so we can exit desirably, right? Fund our retirement or whatever, or move on to the next project or whatever that looks like. You know, how... You know, is that aligned with what the other owners want? You know, is everybody on the same page? Are we still all on the same page here, guys? Like, I want out in three years. Oh, well, no, I thought we were in for 10. Like, okay, those are big differences. So, um, and then kind of revisiting some of the key, key things, you know, just, you know, has our business grown so significantly that we need to talk more about the buy-sell? You know, um, are there any changes we want to make in terms of ownership? You know what I mean? Like, are there any key people now where it's like, we just cannot let go of these people. We got to get, get them involved and really get them vested in the company. I mean, I just think that those are the types of things they got to be thinking of like big things. And and do that before year end. Boy, I, I, I want to unpack this a little bit because uh, stepping away and being strategic on your business, you're right. It, it's 
you're in a fire drill every day, right? I mean, I'm there, you're there in your business when you're sitting behind your desk and there's client calls coming and employee questions and, and somebody's out sick for the 12th time and you got to deal with HR stuff and, yeah. and all that stuff. So we're all business owners and, and we all get that, but you really have to take time to step back and think strategically. Now, I know that I, I think I remember this correctly. You guys use EOS, right? At the yeah. MB group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, which is a, it forces you into kind of these quarterly meetings, and then an annual planning session. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is a great, it's not the only model. I mean, there's all kinds of other models out there. So, you know, um, the uh, Vern Harnish's uh, uh, model, you know, Donald Miller's model. I mean, there's lots of different uh, models out there, but, but it kind of forces you into doing that. So I'm a big, big fan of stepping back and getting strategic. Yeah. I think one of the other things is that that strategy session really does is it makes you become intentional. When you say it out loud, I want to get to revenue of X million. I want net income of a percentage of netting, you know, of revenue. That that type of stuff, when you become more intentional, like all of a sudden it, it's more tangible and you can you can measure it, you can manage it. And not only you, but now you can motivate your team to also see, like, oh, that's where we're going. Oh, I didn't. Well, I had no idea that's what you wanted. Like. Well, we could have gotten that much revenue because I knew about these six deals. I thought I didn't know what you were doing. So, I mean, this clarity towards what is the goal. I mean, so I would also say that, that those things, the EOS model and all the yep. other models, they make you be intentional. Yep. Yeah. Do you involve your employees in kind of those decisions that you've made, or is it really just at your management level? You know, I think there it there has to be a combination of both. So like, for example, you know, we're talking about developing a scorecard or something. And I, and I tell pe- people this and like, go talk to your employees about how they want to be measured. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't have to have all the answers, um, but you do have to be able to ask the right questions. Yep. Right. And chances are pretty good. Your employees are going to pick a harder measurement than you ever would. Right. Yes. Because we're all harder on ourselves than anybody else would ever imagine being. Of course, Except that time that I worked for that guy who I thought it was a sadist, but that, that's another story. So, <laughs> so, so you're right. Everybody should have a number. Everybody should have a number on the scorecard that they're responsible for. I, I don't. That's taken us. Sorry to go down that little path, but since you mentioned that, um, you know, the getting out and, and planning, I had to give a little plug there for EOS because I'm just a huge fan of that. You know, you mentioned also it's a good time to look at that buy sell uh, agreement. Mm-hmm. So many times I see business owners who have a 20-year-old business and their buy-sell was written 20 years ago and the and the valuation doesn't work anymore. It's underfunded if something happens. Man, you need to be having those conversations with your with your CPA, with your with your um, insurance professional uh, yeah. about making sure that those things get updated. You know, we gave an example on a on a one of our webinars a few months ago that there was a business that was worth about five million dollars five partners, you know, so they're each, you know, basically valued at about a million dollars each. Well, so they got an insurance policy and they they thought, what are the odds of, you know, any two of us dying? It's we're going to get it one collectively, right? So it'll pay out. And, and it was a bad situation for whenever it was done. Fast forward, the business is worth $50 million and two of the business owners were killed tragically in an automobile accident. And the other owners had to figure out how to come up with the yeah. balance to pay off the estate, right? Because they hadn't been updating those uh, things. So that's a yeah. 
That is a great year-end thing. And it's the other- a great year-end thing. Just put it yeah. on the list, right? Put it on. Yeah. We're just going to talk about it. I mean, it's it's a quick phone call. I mean, none of this stuff is going to you know take you 12 hours or two weeks. It's a phone call to the person that you know and trust, you know, to just double check me and make sure we're covered. And, and although it's not required here, you know, you need to think about what the value of your business is. We recommend to business owners all the time that they should be getting an opinion of enterprise value. Now we do those. We actually have several flavors of those, a really low end, down and dirty uh, view, but we've also got a very detailed uh, view that we can do on valuations. But but you should be getting a valuation on your business every, at least every couple of years. Our clients get one every year because we want to look at the progress that they're making. And it gives us trigger points to go talk about things like our buy sell and, uh, and, and when the right time is to potentially sell. So, so, uh, so that's a good piece too, but you know, Great. And on that same note, Tom, my other thing would be is, is that some business owners sort of have this inflated view of what they think their business is worth because they have such a great emotional attachment to it. Yes. Well, it has to be worth this much because to them, I mean, it, they're, I mean, it's like their baby, right? They've, you know, it's like the teenager that's now driving, right? Like, oh my gosh, I've raised this thing into this amazing thing. But a lot of times they just don't have a realistic idea. And so, um, you know, their plans and timelines get dashed by this, like, well, how could it not be worth that? Oh, I have to work on this. And now it kicks out your time frame, and like everything starts to change. So having that valuation done just keeps you realistic and centered and, and, and back to sort of being intentional on, I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I am on the right path. It just makes all the difference. You're, you're being very generous when you say many business owners. I mean, unless they've had a valuation done before, I'd say 90% to 95% of business owners have no realistic opinion about what their business is worth. And that is, by the way, the number one deal killer for uh, businesses that don't transact, that, that want to exit their business, but there's an unrealistic expectation of what the enterprise value is. Uh, and so, so if you, but here's the thing, if you can get realistic about it, if you can get a valuation or understand at least how businesses in your sector are valued, then you can really understand what the business is worth today. And you talk to your uh, financial advisor and your CPA and your law, your attorney, your estate planner on, here's where I want it to be. Well, if you know where it is, then you can make a plan to get where you want to be. But otherwise, it's almost like running a race without a finish line, right? We're yeah. Well, and, and to that same end, the other thing is, is that if you know how much it's worth and how much you're trying to grow it into, you can also be proactive on the tax planning side for when you are exiting the business and save yourself gobs of taxes on the back end. So, I mean, sort of, it's like, um, it, it, it helps you both ways. You know what I mean? It helps you to actually get to the point where you can try, you know, make that transaction successful. And then you save the taxes on top of it. So, I mean, again, it's being really clear on what it is you want and just making a plan to get there. I'm always amused that a business owner says, Oh, I'm going to sell this business for, for $20 million. Uh, cause that, and I said, well, why, you know, what, where's the magic in that number? How did you come up with that? And then, well, ultimately after they hem and haw, uh, it's because that's the number that they need to retire on. And, and I said, well, have you had that conversation with the, the financial people around you to make sure that that's the right number? Oh, I'm good with numbers, right? Oh, okay. Well then you must be talking about, are you talking about pre-tax or post-tax on that <laughs> transaction? 
yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, 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 perhaps you need to have uh, yourself it's, surrounded. With it's them. interesting. I think this really brings up sort of this whole kind of mentality. I mean, I think we are all subject. We need to re-examine ourselves on this. You know, even as professionals, you know, is this this whole a DIY culture? You know, we can Google anything, and therefore we can do anything, right? And I, I mean, I think that there, that's a huge fallacy, and it's really important as business owners to recognize that there is no replacement for expert advice when it comes to your business. You know, I wonder, you know, when I, when I talk to my kids about doing something, Hey, I can't figure out how to do this. Dad, just go YouTube it. <laughs> right. Right. There's going to be a YouTube. And I can't tell you how many times that saved me. We had a, we had a situation where my daughter was in an automobile accident, but we couldn't, we didn't, the electronics no longer work to open the trunk. Oh, but okay, well, I went and found a YouTube video to figure out how to open the trunk, right? And so, because otherwise we could not figure it out. Oh and there was a lot of stuff in the trunk. So YouTube is great, but I don't think that there's a, a great YouTube video on how to do tax planning at the end of the year and, and how to exit your business when the time is right. Maybe we should collaborate and do something like that. Susan. Okay, yeah. That's going to be one heck of a really long YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this 37-hour video from, uh, from the top. Tom and Susan show. So uh, I don't, I'm not sure that they would allow us to post something like that. Now, other thing that's kind of near and dear to my heart, uh, I'd be interested to get your take on this as a, as a, um, a financial professional, do you recommend that your clients budget for the upcoming year? Well, definitely. 100%. Yes. I mean, yes. I mean, there's as definitive. So uh, the more, the more planning you can do, the more intentional you become, the more thought you give to, well, this is what I want my revenue to be. This is what my expecting my, my uh, cost of goods sold or cost of services to be, my margin, what type of expenses are recurring, you know, what my overhead looks like. The more you can predict what opportunities you're going to have to either pay yourself more and meet your personal financial goals or reinvest in your business, um, avoid pitfalls like you were mentioning earlier, or if you're going to have some type of shortfall that you're going to have to get some financing, you're going to need a line of credit, whatever. I mean, there are, there are so many different facets to what that looks like, but if you don't create a roadmap, I mean, this is sort of like, you know, driving without GPS these days, right? Like I'm going to Nebraska. How do you get there? I don't know. I'm just going to start driving North from Dallas. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the, the budget is the roadmap. I mean, it is the, it is the pathway. Um, and it allows you to, and even if it's not perfect and, you know, actual doesn't match budget exactly. The thing is, is that you are more likely to attain those goals if you've actually mapped out where you want to go. It's it's about being intentional about where you want to be, right? Again, it's that whole conversation, that the, the question that you answered a minute ago, articulate. Once you articulate that, it becomes real, right? And yes. then, okay, well, now how do we get there? Right. Right. I'm doing I'm having many, many conversations with our clients right now about planning for upcoming year. You know, I've I had a client call yesterday. What I need to think about where I want to make investments. Well, let's find out what kind of investment investment you can make first. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about, you know, what investments that that we're going to be there. Let's talk about how we're budgeting our revenue, what's going to happen with our with our cost of goods sold, our expenses, you know, kind of where are we? And then we can figure out ways to to invest uh, the uh, the expendable uh, income, if you will, uh, in order to make the top better, uh, in order right. to make the value of the business better. So I'm I'm a big fan of now Charles Koch. In full disclosure, one of the 
perhaps greatest business people on the planet. You know, he and his brother, you know, built Coke Industries, which is the largest privately held company, I think, in the world. Uh, and but he says don't budget. But uh, you know, he his business is billions and billions and billions of dollars and many, many different operating units. He fears that budgets um allow people to kind of hide behind uh, the reality. Uh, and it, I'm paraphrasing here. It's a great book, but but for, you know, for Charles Koch, perhaps in a business that's running like that, perhaps, I mean, they do plan, they do think about those things, they do, but they just choose not to budget. Uh, and, uh, and so, uh, but for the rest of us mere mortals, I agree with you, Susan. I'm I'm a big fan of budgeting. It 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 helps us think about how do we get there. Let's let's decide yeah. where we want to be and then make a plan to get there. And so uh, so big big fan of budget. How about corporate and tax structure? Is this a good time to be thinking about things like if you're a C corp, maybe you should convert to an S corp or an LLC or a partnership or or whatever. How frequently should a business owner examine their structure? And are there reasons that they might want to move from one structure to another for tax reasons? Yeah, maybe not even move, but even to start another one, even. I mean, oh. so those are, you know, it's like, and this is what I refer to as playing in all the sandboxes. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's okay too. So, um, yes, I think it's an excellent time to do this. And, and probably more specifically as this potential legislation arises, that's really where you start to say, hmm, are we in the most tax efficient structure based upon our operations? Or are there any opportunities for segregating our operations or creating some type of alternative business that functions? I mean, is there something we could outsource to a sister entity, affiliate of some kind, marketing, branding, contract management, staffing, whatever it is, right? So there are a multitude of different ways that this can be created. You know, I think that business owners get into this, you know, there's this sort of like, I'm an escort, I'm a C Corp. And and it's sort of just a mentality, right? Yeah. That's that's sort of the the bad approach. Bad approach the, the good approach is is that what is possible? Just because something was done like that before doesn't mean that's the best way going forward. So yeah, I think it's a great, I think it's a great conversation to be having at least every year, just saying, is this still the right choice for us? You know, there's tax things that expire, you know, just about every year. Like, I mean, we'll be coming up at the end of 2025, the QBI uh, uh, deduction will sunset right as of right now. So, okay, well, will it become more attractive to be in a C corporation um, once that QBI deduction goes away? QBI, is that what you're saying? QBI? Yep, the Qualified Business Income Deduction. Right. That was was created as a result of the TCJA. Um, in December 2017. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty sweeping tax changes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the biggest tax reform since like when I was seven. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, well, that was only like what, six years ago, seven years right. ago? Right. I know. I know. Right. Exactly. You know, I just graduated. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, are there any timing considerations? Um, should you um, think about doing this stuff early or is there a potential hazard to making changes in your tax structure really close to a transaction? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this stuff has to be well thought out. This, again, goes back to the whole strategy thing, right? So, I mean, there, there are all sorts of 
calculations and considerations that have to be done if you are moving from an S corp to a C corp, C corp to an S corp, if you're considering, you know, any type of change like that. So um, it really needs to be well thought out. Yes, there are some limitations uh, with respect to like, well, I was a C corp and now I'm switching to an S corp. You know, can I, what time frame am I allowed to do that in? Uh, same with uh, making changes between like, um, I'm accrual basis and I want to switch to cash basis. There's special provisions for how that has to be handled. So none of this is, is like, okay, well, let's just change. This all has to be very well thought out and has to be coordinated in connection with all the other planning that you're doing. So, I mean, none of these planning opportunities or really planning techniques operate in a vacuum. It's not like tax planning, they're all siloed. Tax planning, retirement planning, financial planning. These things are all required. And that's why sort of this team of people is so important because it really requires all these people working together to make sure every single one of those goals, we are contemplating the effects on each of the strategies. Yes. Yes. So, you know, you mentioned uh, kind of uh, cash versus accrual, and especially from a, from a tax planning standpoint, I'd, I'd be interested to have your take on this. I generally, especially for small businesses, I tell them they should probably be uh, uh, filing their taxes on a cash basis, but they should always run the business on an accrual basis so you can see what's happening when. It, 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 as a general rule, does that does that apply or am I just all wet here? No, you are 100% accurate. So uh, the most... The most accurate way to evaluate performance is an accrual basis set of books because you are aligning revenue and cost expenses in the same period, which can yield for you. Okay, well, this is how much money I actually made. Even if I haven't collected yet, this is what the performance is. And that's really the key of the accrual basis books. Now, you know, we're talking about a small business. Are they going to be 100% gap compliant? You know, where it's like, I've tracked all my prepaid expenses, I accrue everything. I mean, they're probably not going to get into the minutiae, into the weeds on full gap compliance. Um, but in terms of like making sure they're hitting the big stuff, like you're actually doing your invoicing in the right month, right? So if it's a September transaction, I've dated it September 30th, right? If it's an October transaction, it's October revenue, it's dated October 31st. Same with, you know, making sure that bills, when they come in, they're in the right period. You know, sometimes people aren't aware of the fact that the date even matters, and so it is important to make, you know, get people educated on, you know, how AR, AP works, how it influences, how it comes out in the reports, and that that accrual basis financial statement is going to be the best indicator of what type of money you will eventually, from a cash standpoint, you have in the bank, right? Yeah. The cat, you're exactly right on the cash side. I mean, cash basis is just typically more, um, it's just going to be more flexible in terms of us being able to change the way we want the taxes to be reported, right? So we have a lot more abilities to influence um, cash um, from a payout standpoint than we do from what expenses were incurred. You know, if they weren't incurred and we can't accrue them, they're not incurred. <laughs> you can't accrue them. Right. So, um, and also I think from a cash basis standpoint is nobody wants to pay taxes on revenue they haven't collected. I mean, that's like, oh, that would, yeah. I mean, that sounds... That sounds awful to me. I mean, I <laughs> Are there people that do that? <laughs> right? The horror. Uh, I mean, like, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's like a couple of different things that we like to think about, but 100% people just use the accrual basis, you know, books and, and don't, don't shy away from that. Now, are there industries where it doesn't make sense? Like, 
So doctors and dentists where the insurance receivables, like they don't even, I mean, they're not going to, they don't even know how much they're going to collect. They bill it and they might collect 20% of it. I mean, there are some industries where maybe on a revenue side, that just doesn't make that much sense. But I mean, those are specific things that have to just be discussed with your accountant. You know, that's the guidance you've got to be seeking out. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So uh, one last business question, and then we'll start to wrap up here. Uh, Susan, this has been a lot of fun, though. Um, This podcast is all about maximizing business value. What's the one most important thing you recommend business owners do before year end to build long-term business value? Hmm. Oh gosh, that is a really big question. Um, you can't give me fifty-seven parts. I want one thing, Susan. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I am going to say that I think that they need to make sure that they have a relationship with an accountant who wants to help them to influence the future. Do yourself a favor and work with someone who wants to help you affect what is to come, not just prepare tax returns or bank do bank reconciliations. That's not going to help you navigate, you know, all the things that lie ahead. So I think that would be my one piece of advice. I love that. I think that is wonderful advice uh, for business owners. And there's lots of CPAs that that operate that way. Uh, yeah. MP Group is certainly one of them, but uh, but there are many more that do. But unfortunately, there are a lot of them that don't operate that way too. So so understand the difference between these things, and and uh, go find somebody that that really is invested in. Uh, improving the business long term. All right, I'm not going to let you off the hook though. That even though this is your third visit to our podcast, I've asked you this before, and now I'm anxious to find out if your answer has changed. Ooh, I can't remember year. what I said before. <laughs> I, I can't either. I meant to go look it up uh, this morning. In fact, when you were coming on, I was scrambling to see if I could find the transcript, and I couldn't find it. But I will give an answer to this uh, later. What personality trait has gotten you? into the most trouble through the years? Mm, uh, well, I, I don't know if this is what I said before, but um, I'm I'm generally very outspoken. So I, I just can't hold back when I have an opinion. I just have to say it. I mean, it's just like the truth has to be told. So I just, I would probably say that's gotten me into a lot of trouble. Um, but I will also say that I think that it is... Um, it's also created a lot of opportunity, I think, for me, because I think people want to hear, I, sometimes people need to hear things even though they don't want to hear them. So um, it's probably a, it's a strength and a weakness, like it's both. Yeah. Well, that's it. I, that same, same situation. It actually gets me in trouble with clients because I just tell them the truth. Yeah. Uh, and it makes them angry with me sometimes, but usually, uh, you know, when cooler heads prevail, they come back and go, you know what, you're right. How do we fix this now? Uh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, but sometimes you just kind of have to hit them between the eyes with a two by four, right? Uh, that's yeah. just the way it is. It's just Fortunately, you haven't been that way with me. I mean, you're always a straight shooter, but you haven't had to hit me in the head with a two by four, even though you are my CPA. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why I haven't had to do that yet. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go look for a reason why I need to do that. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> How can our viewers and listeners get in touch with you? 
Uh, yes, you can reach me um, at uh, via email, sbryant at mbgcpa.com. You're always more than welcome to call me at my office, 469-865-1040, extension 123. It's just that easy. So, or you can find me on you know LinkedIn, connect with me there, Susan S. Bryant. And um, I would welcome an opportunity to, opportunity to really chat with anybody about tax planning or just taxes in general, business, business planning, you know, and how, you know, especially working with Tom's clients too, you know, and, and introducing people to you and really collaborating because uh, wouldn't it be great if we could make these businesses worth even more? Oh, yes. I am so passionate about doing that. That's like, what, what is what is the title of my book? It is Maximize Business Value. I had it hidden over here underneath some tax document. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for being our guest today. This has been so much fun. And thank you for sharing your knowledge so freely with our listeners. Thanks so much for having me on, Tom. All right. I'll be looking for number four soon. Yes, I know. We're going to have to have like a competition now. So you can find Susan Bryant at MBG, MB Group, MBGCPA.com or on LinkedIn. Or of course, you can always reach out to me and I will be happy to make a warm introduction to my good friend, Susan Bryant. This is the Maximize Business Value podcast, where we give practical advice to business owners on how to build long-term sustainable value in your business. Be sure to tune in each week and follow us wherever you found this podcast. And be sure to comment. We love your comments. We respond to all of them. You might even think about giving a suggestion for a future podcast. Is there something that you are just burning to learn about? Let me know and we will make that a subject of a future podcast. Until next time, I'm Tom Bronson reminding you to plan for year end. Plan in advance while you still have time as you maximize business value. Thank you for tuning in to the Maximize Business Value podcast with Tom Bronson. This podcast is brought to you by Mastery Partners, where our mission is to equip business owners to maximize business value so they can transition on their terms. Learn more on how to build long-term sustainable business value and get free value-building tools by visiting our website, www.masterypartners.com. That's master with a Y, masterypartners.com. Check it out. That was perfect. I wouldn't make any changes on that.